0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis 3, how Adam made with his hands fig leaf aprons, trying to earn God's favor with religious works. And we'll learn how good works for salvation leaves us naked and exposed before God, still in our sin. Now download this message for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org, download it or listen to it for free, or search for the friendship with God podcast on itunes.com. You can receive it there as well for free. Now, Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher here on the Friendship with God radio program, is Jewish, but he's a Jewish Christian and believer and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he has written a book on the Jewish people, their past, their present, their future. And Tom Cantor has written this book based off the biblical account of the life of Joseph. It's entitled Understanding the Jewish Messiah and the History and Future of the Jewish People, Through the life of Joseph. Now, this book, The Life of Joseph, is a vast, detailed book on the history of the Jewish people and the future as foretold by the Hebrew Scriptures. It's wonderfully written and a great expository book that opens up the life of Joseph as you've never seen it before. Now it's a must have for any Christian or a great gift to give any Jewish person who may be searching for the truth and the evidence of who the Jewish Messiah really is. Now, it's also a great book for an unbeliever as well as a mature Christian or growing Christian who wants to learn more from the Bible. Now, to obtain a copy of this book, we're offering it as our resource of the month for a donation of $20 or more. You'll receive The Life of Joseph, a wonderful book from Tom Cantor. Now, call us now or after the program with your donation of $20 or more, and we'll send this book to you. 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Give you that number again. It's 800 247 3051. Or go online to friendshipwithgod.org to our online bookstore under resources. You'll find Tom Cantor's written materials, creation resources, and other books at our online bookstore. Now, here's Tom Cantor teaching us today from Genesis 3 how Adam made with his hands fig leaf aprons, trying to earn God's favor with religious works. And we'll learn how good works for salvation leave us naked and exposed before God, still in our sin.
1: When we take up the shield of faith and we say, by faith, I believe the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe the cross speaks of um, of the amazing love of God. I believe that. See, that's the Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth or he shows his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What kind of, what kind of love is, can you get like that? As a matter of fact, John fifteen thirteen says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. So by, we pick it up, the shield of faith, we pick up the shield of faith, and we quench that fiery dart by saying, we believe those verses. We stand behind those verses. We don't, we don't just know they're in the book, but we say, count me as a believer in them. How do we quench the second dart? Suspicion of God's power. When we by faith believe, Isaiah 45, 5. five I am the Lord, there is none else there is none beside me. Or I love Isaiah 44, 8, when he said, is there, God says, is there any God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. You know, that's funny, you know. That's like God saying, hold it a second. Let me check my Rolodex and see if there's another God. <laughs> or I'll check around here. So maybe there's some other. Oh, okay, I got the report. I didn't find anybody. <laughs> and so we say, we believe that. There's no other God. There is no other God. Now, Job 9, 7 through 10 He commandeth the sun, it riseth not. He sealeth the stars, which alone spreadeth, this is God, alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea, which maketh, and then he talks about star formations, Arcturus, Orion, Pleiades, and the chambers of the south, which doeth great things past finding out and wonders without number. How do we quench that, that dart about suspicion about the power of God, we say we believe those verses. We believe those verses, and so that finishes that. Now, the quench, the third dart of the suspicion of God's fairness. This really gets back to God's goodness. We just studied in, 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 uh, in Genesis 1, where it was always, he did this, it was good. He did this, it was good. He did this, it was good. And when he was finished doing everything that he did, in verse 31, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And so, the, and then we say, we believe that God is a good God who only does good. We believe that. Quench that fiery dart. Abraham said, that be, in Genesis 18, 25, that be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked, that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do right. So we pick up that shield of faith and we say, you know what we believe? We believe that the judge of all the earth is going to do right. End of story. And as for the mysterious African over there, I've been, a- I'm in Africa about 14 times. I've been looking for that mysterious African, but anyway, for that mysterious African over there, we just say that's above our pay scale. God knows about all the mysterious Africans and he deals with them eye to eye one-on-one, knowing their lives that we have no idea about. But we know this, as far as the shield of faith goes, we believe that the judge of all the earth, when it's all said and done, is going to do right. That quenches that. Tactic number five, verse five. Your eyes shall be opened. Oh, this is an awakening of a desire to be independent from God. Why is it, Eve, that you have to find out what's good and evil from God? Why can't you just get the file yourself and, have, and, and be able to look it up yourself? Why do you need to always go to him as the librarian to go tell you what's good and bad? Why can't you just be independent of God, Eve? Why do I have to pray to God? Why do I have to keep reading this Bible? Why do I have to go to church this morning? My life could be so much freer. If I could be loose from myself, from all these things, I mean, there's a world out there, and I, I I got places to go, and I got people to go see, and and frankly, God, church, and the Bible—they're not part of it. They're holding me back. I want to be independent. That's the fiery dart of a desire to be independent from God. Now, how do we quench that with the shield of faith? Because we come. And we say, first of all, as we've already studied in Genesis 2-7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And we say, I like life. right? Don't you like life? We all like life. Who doesn't like life? And there's a source for life, and that source is God, the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that all life comes, as the book says, from Him. What do I want to be independent from Him from? You know what that means? Death. In, Je- in Deuteronomy thirty twenty, it was spoken this way. The same thing when Moses spoke to the Jewish people and he said, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, thou mayest vo- obey His voice, and then he used these words, thou mayest cleave unto Him. Clean, clean, cleave. Just like Adam cleaves to his wife. We're supposed to at least. Cleave unto him, for he is thy life. God is your life and the length of your days. So we pick up that shield of faith and we say, you know what we believe? We believe that the judge of all the earth is going to do right. That quenches that. And there's a source for life, and that source is God, the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that all life comes, as the book says, from Him. What do I want to be independent from Him from? You know what that means? Death. In Deuteronomy 4 4, he says this, when they were at the end of their 40 years of wandering, and he's, Moses stands up and he says, I want you all to look at yourself right now. He says, You that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive every one of you, this day. That's what he said. You know that's the same thing we're going to be able to say to everybody in heaven. We stand up in heaven, we're going to look around and we're going to say, every single one of you cleaved unto the Lord your, the Lord Jesus Christ and you're alive today. As opposed, who said, I don't want him, and they're not there. That's what makes the distinction there. Cleaving, dependent upon the Lord God. Man shall not live, as we already quoted this verse in Deuteronomy 3, by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's words of dependence on God. And by shield of faith is when we take it up and we say, I'm there, count me in, I believe that. And that dart goes away. Look at, if you would, the very famous Psalm 23. 23rd Psalm. And as you look at Psalm 23, ask yourself the question, as you look at these things, what do I need God for? What am I dependent on God for? First of all, Psalm 23, verse 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I need God to own me. My shepherd. I need to be the sheep of the Lord. I need His brand on me. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. I need God to give me rest. That's what it says. He leadeth me. I need God to guide me by leading me. Beside the still waters, he restoreth my soul. I need God to fix me or repair me, because I get broken. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. I need God to keep me clean for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, and I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I need companionship. I need God's presence with me. And thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I need comfort. And therefore I'm dependent on God. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. Anointing a head with oil is for the purpose of life. I need God to give me purpose in life. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I need eternal life. I depend upon God. I need God for all these things. And by saying, I believe that, then that fiery dart about wanting to be independent from God is quenched. It's put out. The fire doesn't start, doesn't go any further than that. Just like when the, when the Indian shot those arrows over with the fire on it. First first order of business, go get the bucket of water and put the fire out. That's what it means. That's how we do it. By say, by getting behind the verse, which, and, which will extinguish that. And we do extinguish it when we say, I believe that. By faith, I believe that. And therefore, it's gone. Now, the goal that Satan had in deception in Genesis 3 is the same goal. It's a universal goal. And I'm just rather to take time to turn to it. I'm going to give you these scriptures. And God speaking to his Jewish people in Jeremiah 56 said, My people hath been lost sheep. And then you remember when he came, he said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The Lord Jesus Christ said that. He said, My people hath been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. And they have forgotten their resting place. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the resting place. But the shepherds caused them to go astray. In Ezekiel 14, 14, 11 God, speaking about the Jewish people, made it even more clear when he said that the house of Israel may go no more astray from me. It says, astray from me. So the goal of all satanic deception is to lead people away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Very simple. And the goal of all true teachers of God is to lead people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Deception, Satan, lead them away. God's God's teachers, true faithful preachers, lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, so this is what happened. This was the fall. The fall was that Eve and Adam were led away from the Lord Jesus Christ. And they had some consequences to deal with. There was an immediate consequence. As soon as they took the fruit date, something immediately happened in verse 7. And it says, the eyes of them both were opened. Just like Satan said what happened. What does it mean? What did they see when they were open? Well, it says they saw themselves. More specifically, they saw their own nakedness. All they could see now was themselves. They were just consumed by themselves. Before, all they could see was God. And they were consumed with God. But now themselves have gotten in the way of God. And they're distracted away from God. Immediately, they started a new magazine called Self. That became very popular, you know. Before that, the magazine was called God. And that was more popular. But now, Self, is, that's what they, all they see. And, and, and now they have a big problem. Big, big problem when they see themselves. Because they see themselves and they're ashamed. But they had this new beginning. This new self-realization. This new monster of self has now emerged and have been woken, so to speak. And now needs to be covered up. So when you look at verse 7 in Genesis 3, grab two words. They knew. Those two words are very, very important. They knew. In verse 5... The serpent had promised a new opening of the eyes, a new knowledge. Sure enough, they knew. what they know? They now knew they had sinned. And they knew the, the, uh, uh, about what their sin was. They never knew that before. What else they knew? They now knew the effects of their personal sin on their own selves. And number three, they now knew that their bodies had become this awful source this like stink pot of evil thoughts. Like it says in Matthew fifteen nineteen. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. A stink pot. A evil thoughts. A septic tank. And you pull the lid off and all that horrible smells coming. In our neighborhood we all have septic tanks. And we know when everybody, each person pumps their septic tank. It's lasting. And God says, now your heart has become a septic tank. And out of it proceed—you take the lid off—evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Matthew fifteen nineteen. They never knew that before. That's new, and now they got a new. And now they can agree with Paul. Paul says, "I got a new name for yourself now." Romans seven twenty four. O oh, wretched, miserable, desolate, pitiful, O oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me? I need deliverance to such a bad problem from this body of death, the body of this death. So they, so they knew this, this all they now knew that inside of them they have a brand new loss. And they feel the loss of it all. And they have a sense of a great loss. They lost purity. Oh, it was nice, but it's gone now. They lost innocence. Oh, I wish I could get that back. It's gone. It's gone. And they felt the loss of it. The purity and the innocence is gone. And they knew inside of them something they never knew before. There's a new emptiness. There's like a hollowness here. Never knew that before. Because now, for the first time, they feel the emptiness of being separated from God. I feel empty. You know, like the first night of, after a divorce. It's like, oh, the emptiness of it all. Where's the bottle? Let me drink my way out of it. In other words, they, they knew this new separation and this left a hollow, howling emptiness in their heart. And they felt this great big giant hole in their heart. They never knew that before. And Isaiah 59 nine two says, Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid His face from you. He will not hear. They were now separated from God, the source of their life. Sin had torn them away from God. God was the source of their deep happiness and their purpose and their fulfillment. And now they were suffering in their separation from God. See, when it says in verse 8 that they heard God in the cool of the day, that's like a play on words, the cool of the day. It was pretty cool in their souls about that time without God. It's like a double meaning. And there was a certain eerie stillness in their souls, like at the dusk of the day when the darkness is starting to come in, rushing in on them because their inner light has gone out. They never knew that before. They were now separated. They were now isolated from God. And their bodies were were now oriented and pointed to kind of a perverse enjoyment of that sin. So then they have this battle, this warfare going on, this great conflict, this rage in their soul, because their souls are crying out inside of them, Where's God? Where's God? I want God. I need God. I must have God. And so we have this that's going on inside of them that's crying out. And then on the other hand, there's this other part in their body that said, Silence! While I enjoy these thoughts of evil. And this is going on inside of them. They never knew this conflict before. This was new. And this was their new selves. And what was their response to their new selves? Look at the verbs. Just look at the verbs alone in verse 7. Opened, eyes. Opened, knew, sewed, made themselves. As soon as, they, as, soon as their, their eyes were open and they knew, there's like a flurry of activity going on here. They're sewing. They're grabbing leaves. They're sewing. They're making aprons before. Quick, quick, put all this together Quickly. As soon as their eyes were open, they knew they were sinful. They knew they had to be covered. They knew they needed to be covered. And they were now sinful. They were ashamed of their sin. And they go about to do all these things. And now they become so resourceful. So resourceful. Resourcefulness is kicked, in. They don't need God to fix the problem. It's okay, God. We messed it up. We broke it. We'll fix it. And so we see them just going to work. Sewing, sewing, sewing. It's interesting how it describes that sewing. They made themselves aprons. They provided for their own needs. I don't need God. I'll just correct the heirs myself. They made themselves. That's what man does. That's what man does when he's confronted with, his, with all that we just talked about, his need to be forgiven by God. And he, and he immediately goes into action. And, and, he, and he starts doing all these good works and trying to save himself. And whereas Moses said in Exodus 14, 13, he said, stand still and just see the salvation of God. You're in great need, but God will bring you salvation. Isaiah 30, verse 15, And returning and rest, shall be, you'll be saved. And in repentance and rest, you'll be saved. That way, quietness and confidence your strength, and ye would not. Tragic words. Isaiah 13, 30, 15. Proverbs 20, verse 22, Wait on the Lord. He will save you. Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. The inadequacy of their sown feelings. Look at the sequence of verse 7. What's the first thing that happened? Their eyes were open. What's the second thing that happened? They knew they were naked. What's the third thing that happened? They made themselves apron, right? Then what happened in verse 8? They heard the voice of God, right? Before Adam heard God's voice, was he clothed in his aprons? Verse 7 happens before verse 8, because 7 comes before 8. So 7 says that he made himself apron, and then 8 says he heard the, the voice of God, right? And then it says in verse 10, what does Adam say? It happened to him when he heard God's voice. He was afraid, right? And then what does he say he was afraid? Why was he afraid? Because he was naked. Well, how come he was naked? He was wearing the aprons. Why does he say he's naked? He's already wearing the apron. Verse 7 comes before verse 10. So why does he say he's afraid? He wasn't naked, right? He was wearing his newly made apron. Didn't work. Didn't work. He knew he was still naked. Those fig leaves covered Adam's nakedness about as good as the trees hid him from God. They didn't work. They were useless. Useless. Because that's what is represented by man's works, religious works before God. They're useless not by works of righteousness, which we have done. According to his mercy, he saved us. Titus 3, 5. God speaking to the Jewish people on righteousness. He says, "I will." In Isaiah 57, 12. God speaking about the righteousness of his Jewish people. He says, I will declare thy righteousness and thy works. They shall not profit thee. God said, I've got a comment for your righteousness and your works. Useless. And the Jewish people then looking at their own Righteousness in Isaiah 64 6 said, All our righteousness, filthy rags, useless, useless. And if any man acts like Adam and goes about to make these fig leaf aprons and tries to do his own worst works to cover himself and to get into heaven, when he stands before God, he's going to say, Just like Adam did in verse 10, I'm naked. I'm naked. Even though he might be clothed with all kinds of good works, he might say, like they said in, in Matthew chapter seven, he might say, oh, look, you know, I did all these things. I cast out devils in your names and I prophesied in your name and did many wonderful works. And then, but when it all gets said and done, he's going to confess like Adam, I'm naked. I'm naked. And so what's our hope? And where are we going to close? In Revelation three seventeen through 18, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee, thank God there's a verse 18, to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyes of thou mayest see. The gold, that's the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. God says, get it from me. Don't go making your own. White raymond that's the purity and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. God said, get it from me. Buy it from me. Don't go making your own. The of the is the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about he'll guide you into all truth. He said, get it from me. I'll enlighten you as to what the word of God means. Don't go doing it yourself. This is not a DIY uh, uh, way to get into heaven. It's not a do-it-yourself. This is a, a GDI god did it let's pray father thank you so much for showing us in these verses so clearly lord about what happened lord it's it is very discouraging to us when we see our first parents but it's very encouraging to us when we see you and so lord help us to 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 cling to you and be alive
0: in jesus name amen Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. To sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse, go to friendshipwithgod.org. It'll come right to your phone or to your email. It's just one verse from the Bible and a short one, two, three-sentence commentary on that verse from Tom Cantor. Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse, sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find that daily devotional verse on Facebook. Just search for Tom Cantor, friendshipwithgod.org or Israel Restoration Ministries. You'll find all three, Friendship with God, Tom Cantor, and Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook. You can receive Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse there. As we mentioned at the beginning of the program, Tom Cantor has a book, our resource of the month. It's called The Life of Joseph. It's the history and future of the Jewish people, and it can be yours for a donation of $20 or more to the Friendship with God radio program and Israel Restoration Ministries. You can call us today with your donation at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051, your donation and support helps us stay on the air. 800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org. Thanks for listening and join us again next week.